Hey, Dave, okay. are you recording? What? Yeah! yeah. All right. Well, yeah! Hello, everybody, and I, welcome. I like that you presume that I'm recording just because I hit the button. I mean, I am, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, at this point, have we ever been wrong? <laughs> fuck you, Dave. Well, you have a couple of times, but... Man, fuck! All right, fuck uh, you, Dave. All right, but yes. Hello, it... Hello and welcome to uh, a very special edition of the Cage Fight Podcast. And you know what? You know what fucking day of the week it is, Jess? Mm, I think I have a feeling. You know what? I, th- I feel you know it what time it is. You know what day it is. It's I, fucking I like Fred Durst Friday. Spin this baseball cap. Everybody, kick back, relax. Open up a nice, refreshing glass of hot dog flavored water. This hat is a, so tight on my head, I gotta shit. turn it the other way. Yeah, like like head from uh, corn. Uh, <laughs> get yourself a chocolate starfish to munch on. Take that red baseball cap, turn it around, and just kick up your feet because we're gonna be talking about some red durst content. Fuck yeah, yeah. All right, so. We are in uh, the last round of the, uh, the last quarterfinals. Yeah, the last bracket of the quarterfinals. Yeah. Yes. Or and the, today, I, fucking, I can't talk. <laughs> we are going I to be. Think. We're going to be re-reviewing uh, the Fanatic and the 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 great illustrious Fred Durst directed movie, The Fanatic, um, and the Corey Feldman song off of Angelic to the Core, Seamless. Seamless. Now, first, uh, let's talk about the Fanatic. Now, All right. uh, I did rewatch The Fanatic. I also rewatched it. I did not. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, you already uh, seen it twice. And to be fair, I mean, I think last time you guys watched Pauly Shore is Dead, and I'm like, nah, I'm not fucking watching Pauly Shore <laughs> yeah. is Dead. Yeah, so two out of um, three ain't bad, no, to I quote Patrick Stump. Uh, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, and I'm glad you went there. Yeah. Let's do an emo bracket. Uh, yeah, hell yeah, dude. We can do a Fall Out Boy bracket. Yeah. Um, but anyways. Fall Out bracket. Um, so my opinions on the Fanatic have changed. Um, do you? I, I can give I, a quick plot summary. Oh, yeah, like, you want to? Sure, super go. quick. Yeah, go, go for it, yeah. Okay, so John Travolta plays Moose. Uh, who is Dead in like the brain. an autistic man, maybe, oh, yeah, or maybe autistic Down other... syndrome, mentally yeah. challenged, something. Yeah, something. Who is obsessed you, you, with? You can tell uh, he's. You can tell he's really stupid because he his hair's messed up. Yeah. not good. Bad haircut, and he's obsessed with horror actor Hunter Dunbar. And uh, after trying to get Dunbar's autographed and being repeatedly pushed away by a very rude Dunbar, uh, Moose begins sneaking into Dunbar's house, culminating in him tying up Dunbar one day and like sort of torturing him like emotionally with fake horror movie props. If you think about it, because he's like literally like standing there like pretending to stab him with a knife. I don't know. And I have some uh, interesting factoids about that scene after you're done with the synopsis. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's more embarrassing though that Hunter Dunbar uh, did fall asleep with that crack pipe in his mouth. <laughs> But uh, Dunbar convinces Moose to let him out and then brutally tortures Moose with a shotgun and a knife. He then lets Moose go, but is soon after arrested on suspicion of killing his maid, which Moose actually did. Uh, by by accident, accident, to be fair, yes. By accident while breaking in. But yeah, that's that's the plot of the whole movie, pretty much. And, and I will say that the very last scene where Moose is like walking the streets of L.A. with that, like his friend. And, like, he's kind of, like, you know, obviously he's fucked up because he's missing an eye and missing, like, one of his hands. Um, And the people on the street are like, oh, man, that's fucking wild. Apparently, that was a deliberate choice to make Moose become the celebrity on the street that he always wanted to become. Like, oh, Ah. you're, you're like, well-known for something and you're you're being well-known. You're, like, well, you're well-known as, like, the guy who got fucked up. 
yeah. basically, and like became disabled. So it's kind of a weird way of achieving fame, even if very shortly. It is true. Um, I see. I, I I took that more as like they assumed he was another one of the performers, and they thought he just had on really good well, makeup. You know, but, you know how so. I got that uh, that idea is because I watched a SAG video about my sack, uh, <laughs> but from the Screen Actors Guild, which is a nearly hour long interview with John Travolta, Devin Sawa, Fred Durst. And then as well, the woman who played uh, Moose's friend, I think her name is Anna Gojira or something like that. She's got a weird name, but it's almost like Gojira. She wrecks uh, Tokyo all the yeah. time. <laughs> she transforms Rex's Tokyo. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, there, so there's some fun factoids I found from this interview. And it's a really interesting interview because uh, everyone is acting like this movie is the most amazing film ever made. Yeah. Uh, which, Can you blame alert, them? Uh, what? Can you blame them? Uh, no, it's really good. In fact, uh, so spoilers on my opinion of Fanatic after I've watched it. This movie fucking rocks. Oh. I love everything about this movie. It is one of the best so bad it's good movies in a long time. Hmm. It Maybe even one so of the funny. best movies ever made. There, there's a scene where um, uh, John Travolta Moose is like choking that like weird street guy. He's like, I want Freddy Krueger to cut off your head. Oh, and like yeah. the way he says the line makes me laugh every time because he's putting so much intensity into it. It's pretty impressive. Mm. Um, but no, honestly, uh, the audience, the fanatic, one of the best movies I've seen in a long time entertainment wise. Really? It's very entertaining. Um, very few boring scenes and even the boring scenes are kind of funny. But yes, in the Screen Screen Actors Guild video, I was able to get a couple uh, extra fun trivia factoids. Uh, so apparently John Travolta picked out the mullet. That was his idea to choose the mullet. Okay. So, of course, uh, John Travolta wanted to honor his dead son, so he made him look extra stupid. <laughs> He's got good taste in hair, um, probably because he spends so much time hanging out with like meatheads yes. at the gym and- uh, at 3 a.m., who he then assaults in the shower. Yes, and to be fair, just uh, in case our audience didn't listen to the last episode for whatever reason, um, Fred Durst chose to play a deranged, mentally challenged man to honor his dead son. Or, uh, John Travolta did. He said Fred Durst. I'm sorry, John Travolta did, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, this movie's uh, not disgusting at all. No. Um, a lot of Moose's dialogue uh, apparently was improvised. Mostly it, wasn't scripted. Interesting. Which I, you know, honestly, John Travolta did a good job then because a lot of the scenes made me laugh out loud. It's way, it's way better than improv comedy. Let me tell you, it's yeah. a really funny script. Well, not script, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. Um, hmm. Apparently, John uh, uh, John Travolta did method acting uh, for when he was on the set. He would only talk to people in his Moose character. Oh God. Can yep. you imagine what that was like? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Just like I'd, I'd rather have fucking uh, Jared Leto do Joker shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's like the least professional thing you can do while being extremely professional. Yeah. Um, and also another fun fact: uh, Devin Sawa's very first role was it. Remember the Casper movie, Casper the Ghost movie that came out in the like nineties? Yeah. Yes. He played the kid in that movie. Oh. Hell yeah! He played the kid who ended up be dying and becoming the ghost. I've had a crush on him ever um, since. <laughs> yeah, I mean he was pretty cute. I mean Brian Singer thought he was really cute in that movie too. <laughs> um, uh, and apparently Devin uh, and I don't think this is true, but he said this in the the SAG interview. Uh, he said that he personally had to fight to get on this movie because he hadn't been in a movie in a while. And he's like, I got to get on something really good, so he chose this. So wait, wait, who is Devin Sawa? Devin Sawa is the guy who plays Hunter, Hunter Dunbar. Dunbar. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Um, also known uh, as Stan from the Stan music video. Yeah, also which known is as funny because Teen Heartthrob. Which I are, gotta say, you know, like Moose writes a letter to Hunter Dunbar in this, and I believe it went something like, I waited in the blister and cold for you for four hours, and you just said no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I hope you get this, man. He hit me back. Just to chat. Truly yours. Let's call a truce. This is Moose. <laughs> <laughs> That okay, okay, just uh, that was okay. I don't think that was real, but uh, I was in there, and then I oh, remember okay. at the end I, when I he ties up part of the movie when he ties up Hunter Dunbar, he goes like, "Dear Mister, I'm too good to call or write my fans. This will be the last time I ever see your ass." And you know, just go to genius. Okay, yeah, that, to be fair, that was actually a line in the movie, so I'm glad you mentioned it because I totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh my god! And apparently, I don't think this is true either. But the interview asked him, uh, asked John Travolta, when was the last time he inter- uh, he d- had to do like a uh, um, audition? He had to do an audition read was for Carrie. What? <laughs> yeah, from like 1976. I don't believe that's true. That's the last time he had to do an audition. That's read, what John he said. Travolta? Yeah, that can't be. That yeah. can't be fucking true. Because here's the thing I about feel Carrie: like he had to at least. He's, he's he, that was only his second movie role ever, and he's not a big character in that movie. I, I didn't even remember he was in that fucking movie. No, he's <laughs> John Travolta remember is the, offer only, and that's the way it's gonna be. Remember that blonde, blonde like bully who ended up being in RoboCop? Um. Yeah, in Carrie, that that like that was like her boyfriend was John Travolta. Oh, yeah, hmm. I remember John Travolta very vividly in that movie. Hmm. He's not a super like major character, but he does have like dialogue and he does exist. But he's not a big character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's the first person to make fun of Carrie for getting a period. Uh, oh yeah, he's yeah, in the yeah. girls' locker room. I can't remember yeah. that actress's name, but she was uh, RoboCop's like like woman sidekick. Uh, yeah, um, Robo Broad. Robo Broad, yes. Also, uh, another fun fact. Uh, apparently, Fred tried to make Moose sympathetic, which, oh, yo, good job. Success. I really wonderful job. Good job. And also, uh, Fred Durst actually did say the budget of this movie. Um, he said the budget was $50 and some in and out. <laughs> so, honestly, this movie was in the black. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm just like, holy shit, Fred. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, How did they fucking do this with the, like, no budget? That, that, I think that was a joke. Oh. But he said he says like oh yeah this movie was like fifty dollar budget and some in and out and I'm like holy shit it was in the black though yeah yeah um and also uh so we all know this movie raised uh from p- if you if previous listeners haven't listened to the episode where we talked about the fanatic this movie made three thousand one hundred and fifty three dollars at the box office mm-hmm. and we wow. theorized that it was like one screen over a weekend no it was fifty two screens. 52 screens. Did, was it just not marketed at all? <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Like, wow. Because <laughs> I mean, an average of $10 a ticket, which is the low end of average, I think, that's that's 300 tickets, you know? Like, For, yeah, so th- divided by 52 is roughly six people per Is that screen. still one weekend, though? Just, I don't know, but it said 52 screens total. Because uh, I feel like this is one of those movies that... Uh, the like the only showtime is fucking 10 a.m. or something, and mm-hmm. the only people that saw it are like two unsuspecting elderly people who get like <laughs> they just go see movies like, because oh, they John get a Travolta's senior discount. In this movie, yeah, I liked him in Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> like every time I've gone to a movie that early in the day, it's just like geriatric oh my fucks God. who I, uh, hang out dude, at the movie theater. For I would, fun. I would love like a boomer who's like last time seeing John Travolta was seeing them in Saturday Night Fever walk into this movie. Be like, well, I haven't oh. seen an actor in a long time. Oh, what is this? <laughs> 
That would they, rock this so would hard. Bl- this would blow their mind, probably. Oh, yeah. I will um, say, I, I did, uh, there was a lot of boomers at the screening of Uncut Gems that I went to, and it was like nine in the morning on Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> they were very shocked by that movie. Uh, so I can't imagine how they that uh, crowd would feel about John Travolta getting his fucking... Uh, fingers cut off and shit. Oh yeah, it rocks. So. I know it's a cliche, um, but that movie stressed me the fuck out. Yeah, uh, so and, I watched that to unwind after a car accident. Yeah, bad move <laughs> on your part. Uh, and, and I uh, will say though too, uh, some other fun factoid. Uh, and we did mention this in the last episode, but this was the lowest grossing uh, opening weekend of John Travolta's career. And this after uh, John Travolta is officially retired after his wife Kelly Preston died earlier in July. Um, this is the last movie John Travolta has ever been in for now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lowest opening, one of the lowest critical receptions. Good, good note to end on. Um, and also Extremely. very insulting to your own family lineage. So good job. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a <laughs> it's a weird move to retire with this being uh, your swan song. You know, um, it is strange. Oh, I guess he felt like maybe he just did a nice tribute to his dead son or something. But uh, now I've done it all. I, 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 I don't think he did. I don't think he. No, really I don't think he did. It was very role. not respectful. Um, uh, <laughs> it's funny, but it's not very respectful. Mm-hmm. And also, um, at one point. Uh, and this this drove me fuck. I was crying laughing when uh, John Travolta said this. John Travolta at one point compares Fred Durst to Robert Altman and Quentin Tarantino as a one-of-a-kind director and talent. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just what do you think about that opinion? I, it's, it's an opinion. I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> one of a kind. And he's judging it off of... The three movies that Fred Durst has directed, those being three movies we've covered on this podcast, uh, The Long Shots, a basically discount, are we there yet? Um, <laughs> but based on a true story. And also Population 436, um, which is like a B-list. Uh, well, he didn't direct that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was in it. He yeah. starred as one of the But uh, The Education of Charlie Banks, a discount Great Gatsby, that was very good, and... Uh, and this, <laughs> and he is a one of a kind directorial talent. Basically, all um, of these movies can only be found in the bargain bin, but not at like a Walmart at one specific store that a gas only exists in, in one yeah. place. In a Love's yeah. truck stop in Southern <laughs> India. <laughs> yes, yes. This is in uh, Whitestown, uh, Indiana, or uh, yeah. whatever. Where, where um, the local football team is the Whitestown uh, uh, Indians. <laughs> yeah. The White Indians uh, <laughs> is the name of the team. It's, it's like Kevin Costner <laughs> from Dances with Wolves. <laughs> it's the mascot. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but, but that is the only place where you can find DVD and uh, VHS <laughs> copies of all Fred Durst movies. Um, yeah. And also, um, apparently, John Travolta during his improv scenes, because apparently... Um, the scene where they tied up Hunter Dunbar had like a lot of deleted scenes and like a lot of like deleted bits that they improved. And one of them is where John Travolta sings the song I Need Love by LL Cool J as, as Moose's character. Why? I I <laughs> yeah, why? I don't know. Well, why See, would a, that have been in it's there? It's an important character choice uh, <laughs> because um, that is one of those songs that is used so commonly in your Hunter Dunbar type <laughs> movies. Yes. So, uh, so yeah. What? Uh, and also, uh, there was another scene where he reenacted um, Misery 
Oh. Where, like, he does, like, the fake, like, cr- cracking the fucking ankle with the mallet or whatever. The, uh, and then he starts yeah. singing Misery Business by Paramore. I think there was literally, like, a reference to, like, singing an emo song or something, too. <laughs> it's a, this SAG interview's fucking weird, dude. Um, and also, apparently, in the scene where uh, uh, John Travolta got stabbed in the eyeball, there, uh, the person who was doing, like, the, the stunt work, or, like, the, you know, the make, uh, what the fuck is it? Where, like, there was, like, pumping blood. Oh yeah, I, I, like the physical I don't effects what work that's called some kind like of like squib work or something like yeah, that. Like yeah. shooting blood with like a pump, mm. and apparently the person who was doing it wasn't paying attention, and John Fulton started choking on the blood. Oh god! <laughs> and the guy thought it was like just so funny. He's like, I'm just gonna keep doing it. <laughs> oh no! He and he said is, that, that he, does sound pretty funny. And he said that that was the maddest he'd ever been on set, which I understand. Like you choked a guy with. Well, it's basically probably like really thick colored co- like corn syrup. That shit's probably gross. Yeah. Um, but honestly, what that was also one of the really most, good though. That was also one of the most impactful scenes in the movie because like it's a hor- that's a horrifying moment when he gets stabbed in the eye and he's like crying yeah, and screaming that, and shit. It's very disturbing. Uh, and <laughs> I don't think I uh, need to see it a third time to say that it's stuck in my head. Yeah, it's fucked. Well, like the knife was almost stuck in his head. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, while they were like improvising all those scenes, um, John Travolta did actually stab, uh, him in the eye. Yes. Um, or I mean, uh, Devin Sawa did. Yes. Uh, uh, the other way around. It was, uh, it was John Travolta's suggestion, um, because he had started by stabbing himself in the eye. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Talk about method acting. I mean, that was just part of the role. Um, and also much of the, uh, this is a fun fact that actually relates back to cage fight. Uh, much of the principal photography was done in Alabama. In fact, during shooting of Rage. Hmm. That's not true, by the way. That, that last part was a joke. <laughs> yeah, that, that last part was a joke. Uh, but yes, a lot of the, so a lot of the outdoor scenes on Hollywood Boulevard happened, of course, on Hollywood Boulevard. But the rest of the movie was mostly shot in Alabama. Okay. Is, especially is that the becoming where, like a new place to shoot a lot? I know Georgia uh, was. Well, for a I think while. a lot Atlanta's of the is general, expensive now. So yeah, they, everybody moved down to. <laughs> Wherever the fuck, Alabama. Yeah, exactly. So, but a lot of the South are doing like pretty, pretty like good tax incentives to like shoot like media there. So, mm-hmm. and then also the last factoid in this, I'm saving the best one for last and they saved the best one for last too. Uh, Fred, of course, when John Travolta was still acting, was in the works to make a biopic about Marlon Brando where John Travolta starred as Marlon Brando. Hmm. Okay. Now that is a movie you retire on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so that whole, that whole interview was fantastic. Like I, every moment I'm just like, they are acting like this is the best thing ever. And they're giving me a lot of juicy details. I'll fucking love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that in, in promoting a movie that you have to at least not like slander it. Um, John Travolta is like sucking this movie's dick. Yeah, the entire, it, it is still surprising to like, and, and even I know we mentioned mentioned this last time, but John Travolta has said, and whether he meant it or not, that this is one of the his favorite characters that he's played, mm-hmm. which is fucking insane. Like, yes, you you can promote a movie without completely bullshitting us because I yeah. mean, yes. people are going to see the movie and then they're going to think back to this interview that they watched and they're going to be like, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they're going to see the box office. They're like, wow, you lied a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but no, honestly, uh, it's a really interesting interview and, uh, Fred and John definitely seem like they had a really good amount of chemistry. And like John was definitely like I fucking him the entire time because John Travolta is uh, gay, but that's not the here nor there. Um, and Fred Durst is wearing a Hawaiian T-shirt the entire time, which is rocks. And fucking he, awesome. he kind of looks like isn't um, John Travolta the one who's supposed to be wearing that? 
if he's still in his method no, acting uh, no, character. Fre- well, so John Travolta took that like character uh, trait from Moose off of Fred Durst because apparently Fred Durst oh. wears Hawaiian shirts all the time. Oh, yeah. So look, you know. Some some creative uh, creative innovation there. Mm-hmm. I will um, say uh, one thing that I did kind of find license, fucked but... up about this movie is that, like, I don't I don't know how much actual control Fred Durst personally had over like the casting and stuff, but the fact that his uh, pal Corey Feldman wasn't in it, knowing that they have such a history together, uh, is surprising. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of Corey Feldman. We're going to be getting into the winner of the last uh, round of the bracket this was in, uh, which was against get the song Get Naked from Methods of Mayhem. One of my favorite songs I've ever heard. It's really good. Um, get Naked. Uh, Dave, Dave, I'm going to play Seamless while we talk about this. Uh, let me know when this is loud enough, okay? Oh, Jesus Christ. So, yes, uh, I have a couple opinions after re-listening to it. Uh, this song gets better after every listen, and I'm not kidding. I actually kind of like this song a lot. <laughs> uh, it, I don't know about it gets better after every <laughs> listen, but... Uh, it, it's a, it's, yeah, it, it ages like fine wine. Well, I guess it it only gets better every listen if you don't realize the first time you hear it that it's a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is a masterpiece, admittedly. Um so I didn't really have that many new opinions on it. So I decided to try to find more more Corey Feldman performances. And I found some very choice ones. So I want to get to the uh, Billie Jean cover from Limp Bizkit and Corey Feldman. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, um, I do have a, a couple of things about this. Oh, yeah. Uh, go go, go but, for it, Justin. Um, some, some lyrics I noted. Uh, about to snap this shit like I snap a bra. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm the Phantom of the Opera, baby. Watch me rock it. So, like, because uh, the fa- Phantom of the Opera, famously front and center, was always like right there. Well, that's, yeah. Thing, yeah. that's I, the I, thing. I don't know if you know, but it was actually originally it was named certainly after, not a uh, Phantom at all. Well, the original title was Phantom of the Rock Opera. Oh yeah. So it makes sense. If this is too loud for you guys, you can turn down knob four. Oh no, it's just the, all right. It's, the it's good. Gonna, like, mm. crush my um, but um, but yes. Phantom of the, if you wanted to make those uh, two lines rhyme, you could have said uh, Phantom of the Opera, baby, I'm gonna fuck you raw. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but do you have any other opinions after re-listening to it, Mike? Um, uh, I I will say that um, it, it it definitely grows on me. Uh, I I still am a bit of a get naked fanboy. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, th- there's so much artistic value to this song, um, that re-listening to it really helps you unpack, um, just how genius it really is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I, um, oh, I, and, uh, in regards to the, uh, the Michael Jackson, uh, Beat It cover, um, or Billie Jean, I'm sorry, yes, Billie Jean, um, hey, why not, uh, Beat It, Beat Billie beat Jean? It to, beat It to uh, Billie Jean, yes. Um, on uh, oh, before we get into that, I'm sorry. On, on seamless, the whole time he's doing this weird rasp, Corey Feldman. Yeah, and he also blends it with two other performances of him doing a different rasp and a different like growl. And I, I just don't understand this. this it's it's like a wall of sound, uh, uh, uh created just a wall of, of sound of going yes about growl. Yeah, Corey Feldman growls. Yeah, it rocks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. but but yes, I think we should go into the Billie Jean performance. Yes, yes. Uh, where uh, Limp Bizkit covers Billie Jean with uh, Michael, uh, not Michael Jackson. Sorry. Corey Feldman playing Michael Jackson, uh, which is very interesting because uh, Michael Jackson in real life probably groomed 
Uh, Corey Definitely Feldman. groomed Corey uh, Feldman. I feel like <laughs> this is one of those rare performances where the performer had to give themselves a trigger warning. Yes. Uh, um, and honestly, though, Corey doesn't do He's not a bad dancer. He's not actually. He's, he's, he's got it down. His singing's not great, but his dance moves are pretty fucking on point. I do yeah, have to say. It, it yeah. looks like Michael Jackson might have blasted some of his dance skills into him, too. Mm. Uh, Along with some other things, of course, but we're not going to get into that on this episode. Um, and then after that, on that performance, they get into faith that Corey Feldman uh, does a duet with Fred on. Yeah. And I also love, uh, after the uh, Billie Jean performance, Fred says, Is Corey Feldman fucking you up tonight? And I'm like, I don't want Corey Feldman fucking me up at all, okay? We're not doing that. Hey. Corey Feldman uh, has has enough baggage. I don't need to adopt uh, any of it. Yes. Uh, um, mm-hmm. And in fact, um, uh, but yes, they get into Faith and Corey Feldman does a duet where he dances and very awkwardly by like trying to headbang yeah. in the weirdest way I've seen in a he's, while. Uh, he, I'll say he's significantly less good at hardcore dancing than he is uh, Michael Jackson dancing. Yes. Um, so he's he's good at like and more, he does the Mitch Lucker like dancing. foot on the monitor thing but, at one point, but he doesn't get. But I will say it he's good at like orthodox dancing, but definitely mm. not good at like more free form pogoing and crowd he's not good at crowd killing. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um Yeah, you won't yeah, find that, him at an attack attack concert. Yeah. <laughs> um but yes, that that video was really funny. And then I, I think as well, Mike, I think you and I really want to talk about the Howard Stern performance. I'm I'm rewatching it without sound right now. <laughs> Uh, so perhaps 19... I should put that on instead. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, after the song's over, we certainly can. Oh, okay. But uh, in the 1992, uh, 1992, um, Corey Feldman's actually been trying to do the music game for a while now. I, yeah, I didn't realize that uh, this had been a thing for so long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he does <laughs> How a performance. old was he in 92? He was... Nine, I, th- I think he was in his like very early 20s. I think he was born in like 70, 71. Like very early 20s. Okay. Um... But he decides to do an, a, a quote-unquote original song on the Howard Stern TV show where Howard Stern is completely bald and wearing uh, very, like, short shorts and shakes his ass on the camera. He's wearing, like, a, a unitard or something. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he I mean he is una. I mean, he, one, he's one retard. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, um, Corey Feldman is a quote-unquote very original performance that sounds like um, uh, the – the fucking um, <laughs> was it the Eddie Murphy song "What's Up with You" Sorry, that features yeah. Michael Jackson University on it? and airline. Um, although to be fair, this or song the, came out before that song. Uh, it also, uh, <laughs> I think, it served as an inspiration to that uh, Keenan Thompson song uh, "What's Up with That." What's up with that? Yeah. Um, the great SNL bit. <laughs> I don't What's recall that, that, and, and I'm glad and Cor- I don't. Corey Feldman looks very uh, of his time. Uh, with the clothes and the hair. And but Howard what? Stern uh, is dressed as Spider Jerusalem, if you know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, though, Corey Feldman's dance moves are still pretty solid here. Um, um, also, wait, Corey Feldman apparently wrote and produced this song. It's called, like, What's Up With The Youth. And the production is oh, not that okay, bad, Okay, actually. so first off, so What's Up With The Youth? And then a couple years later, on the Michael Jackson song with Eddie Murphy is called What's Up With You. Oh, that okay, and so also they, every so, time he says so "What's though, up with the youth," it sounds like he's saying "What's up with you." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So honestly, here's the thing: we we make fun of like him trying to rip off Michael Jackson style, but Michael Jackson ripped off Corey Feldman. It's true. That's fucking crazy. And to be fair, <laughs> that that phase of Michael Jackson's career was a particular low point, but still, mm-hmm. not still 
Michael Jackson, don't rip off Corey Feldman. And frankly, don't rip off Corey Feldman's pants. I mean, let's not get into that right now, okay? Um, um, I will say, like, okay, Feldman singing in this is still kind of bad, but here it's more covered up with, like, vocal doubling and a lot of reverb and effects. It does kind of sound like this is a canned performance and not him doing it live on this thing. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. And there's um, also a really funny moment halfway through where the camera just focuses on a black little person in a hula skirt. Yes, in a grass <laughs> skirt. Uh, it is a little person of color in a grass skirt dancing on stage with like a seashell necklace and at that point I'm like what in the fuck am I watching that, and meanwhile while the, the, the little person takes center stage <laughs> while Corey Feldman performs in the background and Howard Stern is just off to the side of the stage like weirdly <laughs> shaking his ass yes yes and making sure he looks at the camera while he shakes his ass at us uh, so yes, um, and then as well, um, I did want to mention as well. Um, so <laughs> I, I did, I did a joke earlier that Corey Feldman did take uh, like up some other traits from Michael Jackson, and here we're gonna get into it. In June 2020, Feldman removed himself from the SAG Awards, the same ones where they interviewed uh, the guys for Fanatic. Um, Sexual Harassment Committee, as reported by the website Hollywood Reporter, who reported that uh, SAG uh, had issued a resolution to remove Corey Feldman from the board after a number of formal complaints were shared with the board. Um, former members of Corey's uh, band, they're called the Angels, was angelic to the core, so that's his band. Yeah, Corey's the Angels. Angels, they make a joke about that on Um That had come forward, uh, include, I'm not going to dox them on the show, had all come forward with information relating to Corey Feldman's conduct with women. Mm-hmm. Uh, the SAG National Board also claims that there have been formal complaints to law enforcement, including the LAPD, and investigations are currently ongoing into the allegations of sexual harassment by Corey Feldman. Well, I mean, <laughs> when you when you when you uh, spend your entire youth, uh, you know, being surrounded by people who uh, touch other people inappropriately, uh, it just becomes normal to you. Yes, mm -hmm. and in fact, a former Angel, once again, not going to dox, provided a YouTube video. Uh, uh, interview titled quote unquote is Corey Feldman a rapist in the video she details the regular drug use fighting and frequent group sex parties in Feldman's home in her interview she goes into graphic and vivid detail about witnessing regular forced sex and forced sodomy by Corey Feldman upon newer members of his band mm. uh, this uh, once again this this uh, former angel reported the matter to the police department as a witness uh, Feldman's behavior has been the subject of controversy for quite some time I wonder why uh, Feldman has denied all allegations against him, claiming it's part of a massive conspiracy against him. A petition to the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Wow, this is going up. Uh, created in 2018 on uh, change.org requested government intervention to get Corey Feldman a psychological evaluation. The petition got 178 supporters before the request was closed. It, 178! By the way, if this if this soundbite of uh, Howard Stern going like it doesn't make it on the soundboard, uh, I, I, I will be very shocked. Um, oh yes, in uh, January 2018, it was reported that Feldman was under investigation by police on charges of sexual battery. Uh, so yes, uh, Corey Feldman did take off after his grooming mentor by also grooming other women in, in, in his adulthood. Mm. Probably and uh, yeah, and apparently it was he joked on the show on a show like when he was getting interviewed that uh, the angels weren't <laughs> d didn't have to have sex with them but they could if they wanted. 
though. There's definitely some coercion going on there. So, you know, let's get, let's think about Hollywood, right? It's kind of full of rapists, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but people say grooming like it's a bad thing. Like, isn't it a good thing to be groomed? Yeah, that's what I think. Be well groomed. Yeah. Yeah. Be well groomed. Um, but yes, uh, that is all the things I want to talk about. Seamless. Uh, so Corey uh, gets made fun of on Howard Stern, uh, reenacts uh, the abuse that his groomer did to him, and then reenacts that abuse on women. Yeah. So and he then, rocks. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could say his He's track- kind of like a real rock star if you think about it. Yeah, his yeah. track record is pretty seamless. Hey. <laughs> Seamlessly moving from- uh, from one sexual to abuse to, to another, assault just, yeah, yeah, going from assault <laughs> to assault, changing roles. Uh, he's, he's very much of a switch when it comes to the <laughs> uh, assault switch. That's just uh, oh my god. Okay, but is there anything else to add before we get to the countdown? Uh, I don't think I have anything else to add. I think I've I've said my piece. Uh, I think I uh, I will say. Oh, I was not aware. That Howard Stern had a TV show. I was not either. Thing. But I would I'm I would not be surprised if he did because he was a big fucking deal back in the early nineties. Hmm. Yeah, I mean this is well, this is before he got famous for uh his comments on 9-11. Um Yes, but... and I believe this was also before he got his big sponsorship deal with Sibian. <laughs> yeah. That was a uh a, 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 a a big part of just learning how to jack off without being able to access porn sites is watching women getting interviewed on the, uh, the Howard Stern vibrating saddle. Um, so yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. But are we ready to get to the countdown? What? Uh, to be fair, considering it is, uh, considering that this was my idea to do with this whole fucking stupid bracket. No, I'm just kidding. It's the best bracket of all time. Um, I will do the countdown. Okay. So, no, Dave is apparently really edging to do this one. Um but but yes. So, 3 2 1 The Fanatic. The fanatic. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> In Fredger's Friday, I am always on the losing side, I feel. So, aside also, from population okay. 436. Um but yes, uh so Mike, you you said the the Fanatic? Yes. And I did too. And Jess, you said seamless. I, I just feel like when you're talking Fred Durst, the fanatic is such an important uh, 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 thing to discuss. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. and to be honest with you, well, I was going to say I don't want to talk about rapists, but I think John Travolta also has allegations of sexual assault against him. I'd be really so, surprised if anyone didn't, quite well, frankly. Well, to be fair, his, his accusers are Not against are all, Nick Cage yet. His accusers are all men, though. Oh. John Travolta. Hmm. So... Yeah, uh, but yes, the fanatic will move on to the next round of the bracket, and with this, we're going into the semifinals. Ding, 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 ding. So we only got four left. Ooh. Yeah. Um, All right. So Jess, what what are the what are the next uh, entrants in this semifinals? First round. So it looks like the next ones will be Bleed versus. All in the family. Yeah. Having beaten out uh, the CarMax commercial, uh, Bleed moves on, being uh, covered for a third time. Yeah. And uh, the All in the family also. Having and beaten after, and after this, we're only going to review the best things. Mm-hmm. The best four. It's the best of the best. It's kind of like the big four with like Thrash, but the big four of things Fred Durst has done that we're aware of. Yes, which will be Bleed, All in the family, Woodstock 99 and the Fanatic. All peak Durst. All honestly pretty big heavy hitters if you ask me. So mm-hmm. uh but, but yeah, yeah I, I think I think that's all for Fred Durst Friday. So this is gonna be Taylor signing off. <laughs>
Yeah, this is Jess. And uh, this has been Mike Durst. No, I, th- I thought oh, you were shit. Mixmaster Mike. Mixmaster Mike Portnoy. Durst. The Durstmeister. <laughs> the Durstmeister. <laughs> right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.